You're listening to BAU, Business as Unusual, the podcast that is shifting the way we think, interact and transact. In the green, in the clear. In the clear. I wish that was the same we could say for Victoria. Yes, yes. So we're, we're back, aren't we? So we're back to our, um, our favorite status as, uh, you know, Victoria tends to believe that it's the leading state in this beautiful union of Australia. But we're, we're back on the leaderboard um, hitting, what, 1,500, I think, is the, is the caseload. Yeah. And yep. for our overseas listeners, it sound, maybe people giggle at that with COVID, but that's... Mm. It's a big deal here in Victoria. It is. It's uh, our yeah. biggest number, I believe. It is. Yeah. yeah, records have been broken. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, here, here congratulations, we Victoria. Mm. We've done it again. <laughs> <laughs> so, how have you been? Yeah, I know uh, we've had conversations and we've, yeah. you termed the phrase that I think a lot of people, that, mm. well, in my world, you termed it, but I think it's out there and more Dan Andrews harder it is on the heart rate blood pressure and anxiety yes mental yeah. health in general for sure for sure so there's a i mean i i personally don't think i mean we'll get on to kind of narrative in in a little while but i don't think that's good for his personal brand in terms of as a as a politician where there's this index now between the more that you see dan the more fear and dread you have in your life that is probably not a great place to be be as a premier but you kind of you contrast that with in new south wales we have uh, a, a lady by the name of gladys birjiklin who's their kind of um premier and it's it's actually not the anymore, op- though. no <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of it's an opposite kind of it's an yeah. opposite thing it is an opposite thing yeah. yeah so two brands playing out covid battles here in australia as yes. we slowly turn and face reality we've had our backs turn to it for a long time yeah yeah we have and look i think it's you know i mean obviously we are kind of we're getting our vaccination rates up to where they where they need to be and all that sort of stuff but certainly i think kind of this uh you know in, in some ways it's interesting because it's you know i think it's putting paid to this notion of kind of exceptionalism you know um as someone who's kind of moved to australia in in my adult life i've always been there's there's a bit of that that i think in terms of kind of that we're going to do it our way and we're going to come through it fine whereas i think we did it our way during the first part of this and we kind of we've sat there for a little while it's, i wouldn't say smug is the right word but it's in the neighborhood around kind of where we'd actually landed and now it's kind of it's i think we're back to kind of going okay this is actually something that we have to pay attention to yeah, you're not wrong. No. Um, so, yeah, we're seeing that play out across Australia in different stages for people looking in on this little island. That's what's happening down here on the arse end. Yes, unless you're in WA, which is... Well, they're sort of playing out, though. God's country. They, I think they've got their back pretty... Yeah. Maybe head in the sand type vibe, but they got a lot of sand, so who's going to blame do. them? And a lot of emus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a surf today, but... On a lighter note, we were yes. going to talk about surf, but we can talk about that another time. We're talking about mm. narrative theory. Theory. Yes. And now I've been down the rabbit hole of what narrative theory is. Because mm. um, in my mind, narrative, or for me, a narrative is the housing of multiple stories, I feel like. Mm. It, it really allows lots of different threads to sit in and for someone or something to attach themselves and make that narrative part of their own story. Yeah. While allowing that narrative to stay its own. So, you know, you can be a fan of a football club or you can feel part of a community radio station or something like that and tell your version of being part of 
that narrative. Yeah. Um, but then when I started thinking about this, it's really maybe is that just brand? Yeah. I, well, I think I think part of it is I guess there's kind of there's a few different constructs, isn't there, to kind of narrative theory. There's the kind of what people tell themselves that's kind of more of a psych construct. There's kind of there's the theory of literature and how you put all of that together. But I think as we kind of talk about narrative in our professional worlds, it's very much around exactly what you're talking about. It's a story that is told and it has multiple different facets in it. And good stories kind of people can see themselves in. Hmm. And it has a lot of parallels to brand but brand is more definitive in terms of kind of claiming a position whereas the narrative is really the way that that story can actually be told and it can evolve over time so i think that's what you're hitting on pat is it is kind of people see themselves in it but it can evolve Mm -hmm. as it kind of moves forward but the permanence of a brand tends to be it stands for this but the way that that's interpreted through its narrative can change yeah the way that it's told it's got a fluidity to it i suppose (laughs) but you'd say does brand not have that fluidity i suppose you reiterations of it yeah well i think it i think brand when it's done well tends to there's a permanence to something about it so in terms of typically it's about an ideal that it that it stands for so like a good brand has a couple things going for it one is that it has an ideal that it stands for that is a above and beyond the company or the organization that it actually represents so it's a human human ideal of that there's kind of i mean depending on kind of you know um who you read kind of what you what you like there's anywhere from kind of eight human ideals to kind of 60 um in terms in terms of where they are but they're all broadly variations of a theme that are related to kind of things that we hold up as kind of virtues as as humans so there's there's kind of you know there's there's that component of it but then what you're really looking for is that is to actually be able to do some form of contrast so it's really around juxtaposition which again is also a narrative um, strategy in terms of kind of in a writing sense but in a brand sense what you're trying to do is you're trying to really kind of um, put the two things together that create some form of tension or some form of rub kind of coming together so that it kind of actually gives an edge to it so therefore people actually pay attention to it Mm, in the noise that we all exist in for sure to sort of get that attention yeah i see and then narrative is as we're talking about that real fluidity to it and allowing it to move um and go through and tell its own story yeah yeah and like i mean uh, there's there's lots of kind of great examples of that in terms of in in brand i mean i think you know just because it's current at the moment if you look at kind of what's going on in the car industry Mm. is that you know like bmw for example so it's always been the kind of the ultimate expression of this driving machine so you know germans are famous for lots of things um but one of the things that they're famous for is kind of their their engineering and the kind of the mechanical mind that goes into it now bmw is kind of came out of kind of um, Bavaria. It's kind of got this kind of way of kind of doing things that is different from Mercedes in terms of that it's all ultimately about the performance of the of the machine. Now, that was all applied for the longest period of time um, to kind of um, petrol-based engines, whereas now they're starting to shift that towards a future that is about um, different types of mobility um, kind of, you know, whether that's kind of um, lithium battery kind of powered, et cetera. So they're, they're, but they're telling the same story, but the narrative is shifting. Mm-hmm. It's becoming younger. It's becoming more fun. It's becoming less about kind of the ultimate driving machine. Um, and it's becoming much more about like, oh, hey, like cars are part of your life. Have have fun with them. And if you're going to have fun with them in your life, maybe drive the best one. That's kind of, hey, it's fun. Right. But they're able to do that through their narrative. Their brand hasn't really changed, but they're shifting how they tell their story. Yeah, okay. But you it is changing though, isn't it? In a way, 
but they're still trying to make the but ultimate driving But it's reflecting in the world that we're living now. Yeah. And yeah. the ideals that are held up because the ideals that yeah. were held up. They're then. having to move because culture's moved. Yeah. Um, but yet I wouldn't say, you know, like if you map them as a car company, yeah. you, you did the strictness of kind of a brand positioning and you map them to their market, they haven't I mean, really shifted, yeah. right? But what they are doing is cultural norms around that have shifted. And then also they're trying to keep up with where the market is going, which is that it's all moving towards kind of, I guess, more of a mobility slash cleaner engine future. Mm. So that change... It's, I really like seeing the way organizations try and tell their story, but a good sign of an organization is allowing people to tell hmm. their version of that, but still holding up and still staying true to that. Yeah. And I guess it's like, I mean, you must see this in your work too. Like there's some type of consistency, mm-hmm. right? So kind of people have an idea That's about what brand it is. is so needed. That's where really brand and mm-hmm. the work and the strategy work that comes behind it enables yeah. that yeah. story to be told. Um, yeah. but, but then but, it's the messaging yeah if the messaging isn't consistent from that organization um, for sure and across the board then uh, no one can interpret it no the same no. way because it's very loose yeah and like do you i mean do you do you see this where it's kind of you know like one of the symptoms i think of kind of a like a sick organization is that its sense of meaning and its sense of narrative shifts all the time but then people's narrative actually becomes one of failure right i work for a failed institution and or organization and what they tend to say about that is it's a bit shit around here right or there's kind of there's a there's a it becomes a cultural thing because the narrative changes from kind of one of progression to one of failure. You're listening to BAU, Business as Unusual, the podcast that is shifting the way we think, interact and transact. Your hosts, Patrick Beggs of Per Production, a production house that works with organisations to create media that strengthens culture and communicates that culture to the world. And Joe Rogers, CEO of The Contenders, a brand agency famous for crafting brands which deliver results for those who work for them, shop for them and support them. For more information, head to baupod.co. And if you find this podcast insightful, please help us by telling a friend and rating us on iTunes. Thank you. Now back to our conversations. That's why I really like sporting things i definitely see it in organizations that we work with and and see it from the leaders in terms of the narratives that they share and the narratives that they possess in their professional life personal life and how they communicate that and work with one another is a big one and that dominates the internal dialogue and that develops the culture and as you say it depends on how and what people focus on Mm. um sort of drives that narrative internally but that external narrative um for other people who come across it is so important and that's where you get the pillars of the organization and Mm. be able to talk and extrapolate around that when we do that work and then go out and speak to people who experience that organization in different ways and it's that's what i find so fascinating is hearing how those people the fringe people of those communities who are coming in to the big organization how they experience it and hearing um how they interpret that value Mm. um is a beautiful thing but one thing that i love Mm. i'm an arsenal fan die hard and there's something that i really like about how culture can change through narrative in sport is a really great place to see things in action and and the power of narrative and moving mountains 
Mm. Um, and it's it starts with words. It starts with belief and, and saying belief and then putting actions behind it. it. It's really cool to see something swing around from being a bit of a shambles where they don't have a real narrative to really seeing that. I think you always see that in a success story. Like Melbourne Demons here in Australia. Yep. Um, the AFL, they've really shifted the narrative hmm. to be believers. And there's a few other things sitting behind that. Um, and it's a it's a powerful thing, but I wouldn't call it story. That's why I really wanted to go there because it is a story, but there's a structure, and it's and it's not like a singular. If that makes it sing, I don't know how to describe it. It always for me in my mind it looks like a house or like yeah, like you mentioned that last time is that kind of it, it forms it forms a foundation, and I think what what kind of that's more the beliefs of the organization that are that are there and i think any leader who comes in and kind of helps tell a new narrative for an organization what they tend to be able to do is two things and and this is kind of you know i see this in my day job all the time is that you you if you're able to reference back because it's always the truth is always it was always there right particularly with older brands that have been around for you know 100 plus years you have to look back to kind of why they actually started it and kind of be able to do that but then you have to be able to reinterpret that into where we're actually going because mm-hmm. i think it's about kind of establishing that we've done this before um so that it's not necessarily new and if it is new then often what the narrative of those organizations are it's about taking on incumbency right so if you're kind of starting a tech startup then um first off get some values and, and use those to guide you through but the the second the second part of it is that you typically you're positioning yourself against someone right so whether it's about if like if you're starting a fintech you're not going up against kind of apple or someone you're actually well you might be you now. are now <laughs> you are now uh, or goldman um but what you're what you're going after is actually the incumbency right and you're doing that through you position them somehow yeah. in your narrative around that they've done a terrible job for customers they're big and lazy and we're here to kind of take them on and take take Lean it to me yeah. yeah yeah which plays into the existing narrative that's there yeah at the time but you have to yeah. find something to give people, as you're talking about, which I think is a great way to put it, is belief, right? So, like, you you will believe something. To attach to, yourself to. Yeah, yeah, but it's different than, the, like, I think you can look at a lot of things, like, um, like um, you know, kind of any type of, like, just because we're talking sport, right? If you're a Melbourne fan, like, you've been through this, like, a, a long period of time where they were terrible Mm -hmm. right but kind of people always ask you to believe right but it wasn't based on kind of like a clear you couldn't see it and Mm -hmm. you couldn't get a sense of kind of that this is kind of how you know we're actually going to make it and this is our story but once that kind of narrative shifted and you start to see this kind of this young youthful team kind of finally actually mature and kind of start to win then you start to really believe it right but it's it's the your kind of belief system about the club has always been there but now you can see something to believe in and it really hits that nail on the head of being um harking back to something that they were 50 60 plus years ago and now people feel like it's very much in the present which it is it is um and so it'll be interesting to see where it goes but that shift is impressive around and you're right people always tell you to believe Hmm. But there's always a nucleus. I think that's when you really feel that culture come out. It's a nucleus starting from there. And it's like 
starts the momentum, starts the movement, starts the... Yep. And then you feel that vibration go out further and further. And I think that's when you pick up on the narrative signal and people start incorporating themselves. Also, because they support the club, they want it to happen. Yeah. But just as much as that, there's but also even in a organi- cultural failure. Yeah. Like even in organizations, I think when you come in and you kind of, like I mean, I've been fortunate enough to see kind of um, leaders come in and turn around organizations and, and work with people doing that. But they all, you know, they're all typically very different people. Like some will be more kind of, um, kind of P&L minded. Some will be more kind of charismatic. Some will be have no charisma, but be kind of, you know, a team supporter. They all have different ways that they're doing it. But what they're all able to do is actually come in and actually reestablish something in terms of the, a, a sense of belief that we can actually do this. But it's based off of typically what the organization always was. They, they're they able to establish credibility in terms of that we've done this. But then they're actually able to actually ask people to trust them in this process. And kind of this is we just believe in us and we'll be able to get there. And then people do start to believe. But it's because they keep repeating the same message. Well, that is the art mm. you sound like a goose when you repeat the same message but that clear messaging eventually gives a feeling of confidence because you you go through those uncertain times and if you don't keep saying the same thing then the train can fall off the tracks because that confidence starts to waver um, and you start to question that leader or the question the direction so if you can mm. understand and the adversity that you will face and go forward with that narrative that you're projecting and build on top of that and allow people to build their stories is great. But the one thing that came that was great from this rabbit hole of narrative theory was collective narrative, which is very much something that we love to do, but it was cool to see it in a very therapeutic and then also very community based. And Mm. that is that theory of very much housing lots of different stories and coming together to share for either the therapeutic or community um, minded projects to really either it was around eco development and it was also around sustaining communities strength and resilience by listening sharing and collective narrative yeah which is a beautiful thing which i which i love i mean i think that stuff is so really the the kind of future of where where this is all all heading in in my mind is you know we've spoken a couple times around just the power of community in terms of its ability to kind of one hold kind of hold sway and be the conduit between kind of really big kind of corporate or government entities and kind of a rabble of individuals Mm. that if left to their own devices would end up scrapping with one another but community holds them together right and that idea of kind of collective narrative i think is so powerful in in that space in terms of whether it's a small community being able to go like we're small tight-knit even that as kind of an idea of your narrative right so if you live in a small tight-knit community and you tell each other that all the time well the last thing you're going to go and do is be a prick inside a small kind of tight-knit community Mm. because that's what you tell yourself but if you're kind of in a larger kind of construct and you're kind of part of like a national kind of thing and you're doing your bit Mm. for your country we believe in a fair go or whatever that is is it is a collective narrative that we all look and we go yeah we do yeah right the buy-in the buy-in yeah Mm. which is interesting now we get into this juxtaposition i think is we've Mm. spoken a lot about leaders developing a narrative yeah but now we're talking about a collective narrative that comes from shared sharing experience and sharing insight Mm. and perception of things differently and then the power of that creating its own narrative which is we live in a tight-knit community or something like that and that i think has really a lot of strength Mm. um in terms of 
gluing people together and really allowing sort of diversity to evolve within a narrative rather than homogeneity. Completely, for sure. And I think that, to me, that is leadership, right? So I, I think, you know, that to lead, you have to be able to actually kind of be able to build that collective narrative that we're actually actually in this together. And you see that in all walks of walks of life, whether that's, you know, you're trying to get something done, you know, like, I mean, in a community setting, you're kind of, I've always they've driven me nuts because if they're well-organized, it's like you kind of feel like you don't really have a lot to do because it's already done because there's so many people there because everyone wants to participate in it. But we've all had the experience of rocking up on the unorganized unled kind of community initiative where it's just a total rabble but inside that someone always steps up and makes sense of it which is that okay right people this is what we're actually going to try to get done today and it's because of this right they're able to turn the mood they're able to go well yes okay that's all fine but we still got to get the playground ready because the kids want to come and play on this on monday so that's what we've promised them so let's get it done Mm. and it tends to happen Yeah, that focus point. Mm. Yeah, I suppose that's what someone at the helm really does do well. Mm. But yeah, that's the difference for me between story and narrative is there's lots of different stories obviously told from personal perspective and then story from an organization. But a narrative for me allows lots of different stories to sit within. Yeah, spot on, spot on. And then, you know, I guess the the other part of kind of narrative is that it's the the longevity of it. And that's the other part that I always get interesting is kind of what becomes cultural versus what is kind of just a, just a moment in time. And that, you know, kind of what is, you know, things that are used to kind of um, protest against something or change something, they tend not necessarily to stay, right? They were kind of, they were a moment in time and that achieved an outcome, mm. right? So that's the other part around narrative that perhaps we'll get into kind of next time is like, does it, does it have an end date? Does the kind of the narrative, like an organization may go on forever, but there's a narrative in its history probably gets to a point of time where it needs to be retired. That's a good interesting question and Mm. brings up lots of things in my mind about i suppose the challenges with narrative Mm. cool well till next time till next time all right cheers patty thank you for listening to bau business as unusual subscribe and learn more at baupod.co that's baupod.co